Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Oh yes, I'm here, I'm here, and we are doing another episode of Bitstorm. We're going to jump right into some ramped up click pitch, and this is a game where we each have a random phrase generator in front of us. On the count of three, two, one, click, we're going to get an adjective and a noun, and we're going to jam them together, throw them together into a wonderful game design. Hopefully. And then we'll throw it away and we're going to do it a bunch of times. So let's have fun with it. Let's go for the record. Three to one click. Tart membrane. Qualifying expertise. Okay. So uh, tart mem- tart made me think of some sort of baker, uh, like baking tarts, like a, you know, a fruit yeah, tart. Yeah. Immediately what tart. came to my head was jam or, or like a lemon tart or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this is some sort of, because uh, membrane, uh, obviously, it does not <laughs> bring me to that sort of mind, but maybe are you baking some sort of tart that has a membrane for some reason? Is this like a, maybe this is some sort of um, uh, incubation tart. <laughs> okay. Bake, uh, birthing through baking. Yep. And the qualifying expertise comes from? Your, the fact uh, that- you know, the midwife. Baking the tarts. <laughs> God, you've just put some horrible imagery into my head and I'm not no, sure whether it, I it's can- it's a wonderful process. There's nothing to be horrified about. It's fine. The am- amniotic sac just gets put into the tart case- casing, baked in the special incubation oven. Does not harmful so, at all. Placentart? <laughs> Three to one click. <laughs> I'm not sure this is an actual word, but anyway, slipperier bouncing. Memorable northern. Ooh. Yeah, well, northern makes me think like snow. Yes. As in northern it, hemisphere. It, it also makes me think of like the northern lights sort mm. of thing. Mm. Which. So maybe you're on yeah. a. Maybe you're seeking out. The Northern Lights, like bouncing. On a stick. Well, yeah, bouncing makes me think at least some sort of platform thing. Is this a Commander Keen sequel? Done a few of those. <laughs> well, you said pogo stick. Uh, I know. And I'm ashamed that I said no. <laughs> um, I know we we haven't we haven't had like a a bouncing sort of platformy game that hmm. goes north. Well, you know how everyone's favourite parts of any platform game are the ice levels where you can't control your player properly and you slide around. Let's just make a whole game of them. (laughs) They already did that. It was called Ice Climbers. Um, And you had to go north of the screen, which is up. Um, Okay, memorable northern. I'm definitely picturing some sort of northern lights as the as the thing that you're aiming for um if this is a is a platform game and you know you're going through lots of different areas mm-hmm. is it like your, your typical sort of platform game or is it one of those like 3D endless runner sort of games yeah i could see that but with but with an actual plot and with with like a a Destination in mind. Yeah, well, we've done something similar to that in the past. Um, I think we did a Terminator-based one, but I like this as a different mechanic of, like, it's more of more of an endless climber. 
uh, more like a like a doodle jump esque sort of thing, or uh, okay. or the opposite of a downwell. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I do, I do like that. I why why am I now getting this picture of of like a fast paced uh, fast paced rock climbing game where you're having to jump from handhold to handhold and and sort of. Mm. Get your feet sort of placed before you can move on to the next one. and Yeah, I like the idea of having to sort of yeah, uh, aim your jumps and, and grab on at the right time. So, there's a, there's a, there's a timing-based aspect and a precision-based aspect and a time pressure behind it. Uh, that could now, be what, cool. Now, what is the time pressure? Is it the lava that's coming up from underneath you? Um, there's been- the, the Earth's magnetic shield is failing- and so, this is the last Northern Lights there will ever be. <laughs> so, you're trying to get there on time. You've got a countdown. There's a countdown. And what happens if you don't get there in time? Or what? technically, what happens if you do get there on time? <laughs> if you get there on time, you get to see the Northern Lights before the Earth is incinerated for not having a magnetic shield anymore. If you don't, yep. just incinerated. <laughs> just the incineration <laughs> bit. Okay. <laughs> So, it's pretty bad if you miss it. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll ruin your last moments on, uh, on the planet. So, you know, yeah. everyone wants to die staring at something pretty. <laughs> That's how I've always wanted to go. <laughs> Don't we all think about that every single day? <laughs> I could die on this podcast right now and I'd be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because we've got video on. <laughs> <laughs> Three to one click. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scald enchantment. Chief wealth. Okay. So, scald as in S-C-A-L-D. Um, I'm sort of picturing someone with really weak fire magic. <laughs> they can only- They can enchant things to kind of heat up to the point that it's uncomfortable uh, to hold. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, is this is this sort of a is this a battle? Is this a a disagreement between like the chief of a kind of a tribe, you know, a tribe of barbarians or something, or a, a non magical tribe? Race, yep. Ra- yeah, um, and the sort of the wizard faction, the wizards in their ivory tower. I I kind of like the idea of this of this tribe that. Um- they either kidnapped or, or just they helped this help this young fire mage as mm. a young as a young boy, and they and they sort of promoted him to to their sort of not chief as such, but you know the yeah the, they're like general or something or like some sort the of- healer sort of thing, mm. and and it's only only when he sort of comes of age that they that they sort of say, oh well, actually, you know, we're not your your real family. Your real family, okay, yeah, he finds, or if, or at least he finds out. And so, I mean, this is almost a this is like a classic hero's journey, right? Yeah, gets the call, heeds the call, or whatever. I don't know the actual terminology for the most part, but yeah, I like this. That gives us a good jumping off point for, and and the reason he can only scold things is just he's never had the training for his exactly. magic. He's he, he's got this this minor, you know, magical powers. Uh, but the story is about him sort of 
going off. Finding his place in the world. Yeah, finding the Mage Academy or whatever. And <laughs> is this a is this a Harry Potter slash like Name of the Wind style adventure? Um, no, I think I think this is more. You think that you're special, but then when you get to this to this area, you're just the same as everyone else. Like, in fact, you've because you haven't been brought up with all this. With all this stuff, you're actually worse off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what it is? It's fucking Billy Madison, but for wizard school. Yeah. Because because you, you're you're like nineteen, but your skills are such that you that you have to basically be in like elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it, and, and it sort of takes that whole that whole magical journey, and then you get Absolutely. there, and it's like, then, then oh it's my god, ripe. you have no skills! All you can do is scold things. Oh, we're gonna have to back to elementary school, and you, you're there in like preschool, learning how to learning how to you know yeah. make water hot, and yeah, exactly, <laughs> like how to boil water and light light flames, like candles. Uh- <laughs> Okay, I love that. Is this uh, is this like a point and click adventure kind of thing? I feel like that's sort of the vibe. Uh, yeah, point and click with with a little bit of actiony stuff, sort of like a maybe even a um, when you think about Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, how you have mm-hmm. like the the actiony sort of side of things. That occasionally you'll have like some sort of fight that you need to go into. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Particularly, yeah, because you basically you st- that's where you get to use your spells, right? You get to fire off your spells that you've been learning, uh, and initially you've just got fuck all, and it's like a school fight. It's a schoolyard bully. It's like a fucking eleven year old who can throw <laughs> fireballs because he's like four years ahead of you, uh, and you have to use your ingenuity, or maybe you just like grab him. You just use your raw strength to stop him from casting spells, and you, you realize all the stuff that you've actually learned from from the um, from the chief. Um, mm, I'm, I'm thinking of like orcs or something like that. Like yep. you always knew that you were different, but you were so different <laughs> that you look totally totally wrong. And <laughs> but it's the brute strength that you now learn. My tusks that- grow. Oh, they'll they'll come in. You're you're just a late bloomer. Yeah. When will my dark, when will my, my baby pink skin become ragged and green like yours? It won't because you're a special, special boy. But I don't want to <laughs> be special. I want to be an orc like you. Shut the fuck up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's the old- Stop whining! There's the old finagle orc uh, attitude I know and love. <laughs> Memories. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like this a lot. And so, what's the kind of? Because I mean, we could play with so many of the Harry Potter esque different tropes. Know, going, yep. yeah, going into the school and stuff. And do you just do you make fr- do you find your kind of Harry Potter style little trio or group of friends? Yeah, I think they're all tr- the outcasts. You're trying to like tag along. <laughs> they're sort of all the outcasts. They're, they're all the all the kids who who don't really have, you know, the same sort of powers as as the as the bigger kids in the yeah. Um, yeah okay. So which, when you a- think about it, is very much what Harry Potter was. Like Harry Potter wasn't the most gifted magician. It was just that he was thrust into into this position of 
Oh, yeah. He was useless most of the time. He just kind of- He had quick reactions and he was got arsy yeah. about it a few times. And yeah. so he was In brave. This, our character is not special. His his group is not special and all they're trying to do is just find their way in the world. I like the idea that- So, let, let's think about his group. Um, so, we've got this character whose name is- Tim. Timble. Timble. Uh, it has to be somewhat orcish. That's not a- Or, like, unusual. <laughs> Tim- Tim Nug. Tim Nug. <laughs> they call him- Tim, Tim for short. Tim, Tim the Enchanter. Tim the Enchant- <laughs> Enchanter. Uh, and then I feel like- So, I think this is- Is this a world where everyone- Like, the only magic people have is fire magic? Like, it's just all these fire mages. Uh, and then one of your other outcasts, they have, like, wind magic or something. Like, or they have something else or, like, healing or, I don't know, some other, you know, transmutation or something. And so, they're outcasts because everyone's like- Yeah, I, I mean, every everything went to hell when the Fire Nation attacked. I mean- <laughs> Yeah, that, and that's an exact quote. <laughs> everything was fucked when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out that one of your friends can can control water and earth and air and fire, and, and his name is Ang the, the <laughs> Um No, I kind of like the idea of it. It's just fire. There's no there's no other elements or anything like that. Like- well, but that's why. Yeah, and I think one. Well, I think one of your outcasts though has some other sort of magic. Like that. That's why they are outcast and are different. But then that helps you in some way, right? And they haven't been trained either because there's no one to train them in that style of magic. So, they're kind of the the scrappy- The first airbender. <laughs> yes. And their name is Zang. It's starting with the end of the alphabet instead of the start of the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's just move on from that then. <laughs> Three to one click. Sorry, I I sort of- I couldn't get away from the last airbender and you kept on bringing it back to airbending. <laughs> Darling, send. Melodious pouch. Ooh. Anthropomorphic. Mm-hmm. Kangaroos. Oh, okay. Playing- Music somehow by stretching their pouches like a drum. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sort of thinking more along the lines of um, it's a love story. Okay. Um, about a kangaroo that's gone off to war. Ooh, war against the emus. Yep. And so um, a lot of the a lot of the story takes place in in like the correspondence that's going back and forward. Okay, and he he's a musician. She's that- a musician. She's a musician. She's off the fighting war. in the war. Right. Just twisted and up a bit. She she's keeps- the one fighting because well, she she's the one the who pouch. has the pouch. And- yeah. She keeps her little ukulele in her pouch mm-hmm. to write songs about her darling back home. Yes. Okay. So, hop-based gameplay. Bouncing, yes. <laughs> Bounce-based gameplay. Uh... Now, what else do we know? We know that kangaroos cannot go backwards, so it's always going forwards. 
Is that a fact? It okay. is. It's the way it, their tails actually mm-hmm. stop them from being able to go backwards. All right. So, you can't get stuck in a corner. So, in other words, um, kangaroos are always, you know, your best infantry because they can only go forwards. Right. Interesting. How would a kangaroo army take out emus? Is this just pure, like, melee? Is this, like, old style? Lean back and kick with a powerful force. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Box. Or soothe their hearts with music. <laughs> this is about the kangaroo who stopped a war through her ukulele playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. I'm trying to sort of think of the way forward for this. Is this is this an action-based game or, or is it more narrative? Like, are we telling this narrative through more, like, dialogue stuff? Um, Why not both? Have the I mean, action in- yeah. interspersed, like- Disperse some story around in this as well, but have some action with so some we're talking real- like huge Call of Duty esque <laughs> battle scenes. I'd, I'd love massive battle battle scenes, sort of like the end of PUBG, sort of battle scenes of just craziness going on. Ooh, that's interesting. Maybe this is a battle royale thing. That okay, because be- I'm just thinking like fifty kangaroos versus fifty emus is kind of cool. Yep. Um, and they're all they- sort of being pushed into the one sort of choke yeah, point. Yeah, by bushfires, just not to get too insensitive about <laughs> how horrible they can be. But from a thematic point of view, there's a bushfire coming. And for some reason, it's, you know, the last two, there's only limited resources. So, the, the kangaroos and the emus are all are fighting each other. But the cool thing is you can have DLC coming up that is all about- when the emus and the kangaroos come together to fight the real menace, which is the dingoes. Yeah. Yep. And the rabbits. Uh, and the cane toads. All <laughs> <laughs> the introduced species. It's the natives versus the the imports. Yep. Uh, all right. I'm just thinking about, are we keeping this purely melee then? Like, or are we- are It's we going- mainly melee, but there, there are different classes. Okay. So, what are your kangaroo classes? Um, boxer. Yeah, um, makes sense. You've got you've got the kickboxer, <laughs> <laughs> boxer, kickboxer, kicker, um, bard, <laughs> bard. Well, that's where the melodious pouch comes in, unless it's um, all music based. <laughs> no, that doesn't. No. <laughs> um, okay, so so is your bard they're, like a they're all your that's all, that's all your kangaroo side of things. What do the emus have? I mean, you got a runner. You got a. Um, Pecker, you got a yeah. long neck, you got a gulper. Um, you've also got like you got a glider. So they <laughs> they, they, they actually main glider because they don't fucking have wings or not not like wings that would be very good at gliding. Yeah, well, what I'm thinking is scientists on the emu side have created uh, like a these suit. mechanical wings that can they can just burst out. I love that every other animal is just like in their natural form, and then there's this fucking emu with a hang glider. Suit, oh, fuck yeah. They're, they're, they're like full on, you know, robotic emus. Actually, I kind of, I kind of like, yeah, I kind of like that the emu side is all about tech and the kangaroo side is more about just like, um, melee, you know, strength, but they, and they've also got, um, music. Yeah. Which is buffs and healing and stuff. Yeah. So I don't think there's any ranged classes as such. No. I think this um, is an up close and personal kind of game. And it's about doing things like attacking from above so the kangaroos mm. can like jump really high and yes the emus 
you know, have different methods of getting up close, whether it's the glider or, I mean, they can run faster, I think. Yeah, um, they can move faster and they can attack with less strength, but they can move faster and attack yeah, and they're faster. more agile in general. So, the they DPS can, is around backwards. the same. Yeah, well, that's it. You've got to keep it balanced up. But, you know, they can go backwards. <laughs> uh, I think your gulper is, does, like, area of effect sound-based <laughs> attacks. <laughs> It, it just it really disgusts all the um you know <laughs> puts, the a, puts a puts a disgust meter on the yeah, on the screen that status you hear too much of it. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. I, I think I'd be interested in a in a battle royale that was based around melee and traversal, effectively. Yeah, that'd be cool. Especially given that the um you know the whole thing about kangaroos is it has to be forward. So with, with within reason, like you can you yeah, can of turn around on the spot somewhat, yeah. but. You, your speed comes from you're hopping forward the whole time. Yeah, I think once you get speed going, you find it hard to change direction. Like it's a yep. slow, it's a slow direction change. Whereas the emu can, can turn, turn on, on a dime, dime and it can still run fast, but n- probably not the top speed of a kangaroo going forward, like continuing yep. forward sort of thing. Especially uh, once yeah. you get some jumps happening. But yeah, I, I think the idea of being being able to you know bring in your other um, bring in bring in your other. Uh, Local flavor of, of animals and that sort of stuff as well. Oh, um, yeah. You can summon a koala. Oh, I, I 100% expect, expect a koala to be like the general sort of thing, being lazy and, and sort of, yeah. um, you know, planning everything. The koala's always at the center of the circle. <laughs> you show up there. It's just like, hey, don't take me, eucalyptus. <laughs> I've got But, chlamydia. yeah, I, I, I think season two, you know, kind of like what- where mm. Fort- Fortnite sort of took took everything, or at least series two or whatever it is. You know, yeah. they had lots of lots of different se- seasons, and then you know switched it off into into a new new version. You know, that's where you bring in the dingoes. That's where you bring in like yeah, um, new factions, the platypi totally. and and wombats and <laughs> and stuff. And they're they're like thylacines. <laughs> yeah, that, I that, think you could that, you could expand that's in, that's that in out. the um. That's in the Tasmanian DLC. Um, so you got the the devil and the um, the devil and the tiger. Devil and the tiger. Mm-hmm. Two for the price of one. Nice. All right, three, two, one, click. I like it. I That's like cool. it a lot. Living formal. Heard sight. H e r d. H e a r d. So oh, two senses and sight. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking that this is very, very much based around the the sensory. Yeah. Well, either that or you go the opposite and- and You take those away. You take those away and bring in some, like, representation for the blind or deaf or both communities. I don't know how you play a game if you're blind or deaf, or if your character is blind or deaf. That's kind of tricky. Um, They've done it somewhat before with one or the other. Like, there was a game blind in which, you know- Yeah, one or the other, for sure. (laughs) I'm regretting saying that, so cut that out. Um, <laughs> so herd sight, so herd senses sight. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if you could like mix though, because, because herd sight made me think of seeing like sound waves in some way, like visualizing sound waves. Yep. I don't know how you'd hear the visuals. <laughs> it could be tricky. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of oh, what is it when when you know you you can like hear colors synesthesia. And, and, yeah, synesthesia. Yeah. 
I'm thinking, you know, maybe somewhat you know, presenting that as, as part of a. It could be interesting to really tie the, the sound into the visuals where based on what you're looking at, the soundtrack or the ambient sounds kind of change in some way could be really cool. Um, do some cool stuff with sound design where, yeah, whether it's color, whether it's colors or whether you do it around particular types of objects or something. So the player eventually makes a connection that where it's like, oh, if I hear the faint sound of seagulls when I'm looking at something, then it's got to do with magic. I don't know. Like it doesn't necessarily have to tie together or maybe it does to make it easier. Like maybe it's to do with the ocean, but, uh, but that it's, and it's almost, <laughs> but that it's almost solving puzzles through picking out a variety of sounds that you're hearing, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe in some cases you like can't only look at one thing, so you have to, you know, you're looking at two things and you're getting this overlapping soundtrack of these different sort of sounds, and it's like, okay, well, I'm hearing a church bell, but that could apply to either of these. But I'm also hearing someone scratching nails down a chalkboard. <laughs> so the answer is this left object. I don't know. And what what was your what were your words again? Living formal, which living has nothing to do formal. with what we've done so far. Um, I, I I do like the idea of this being about someone who's who's never realised that they had synesthesia, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So. It's you. You kind of like going along with with um, the player in the fact that they d- they don't know that this is this is how they they are supposed to connect these things together. Okay, but have it going through some sort of mundane sort of thing, like they're in high school going towards like their formal or something like that, like just trying to get through. Oh, I see. You're trying to bring those words in like that. Um, yeah, bring the mundanity you, you in, it into. At- a formal dinner party or something, or you set it like the setting, or maybe this is like a classic murder mystery sort of thing at a formal mm-hmm. dinner party. Um, yep. and just, and the way that you're solving this mystery is then through your synesthesia. Yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of, of you look at someone and she's in a red dress and you get like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's just, that's what it'd be here when you look at a red. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like bright red. You look over at an apple, dun, dun, dun. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> you walk into the red room and it's like, bum, bum, bum. You just like, head you can't go into, th- th- yeah, you can't go into that room. Well, that's an interesting mechanic, actually, that certain colors are just so overwhelming and you represent that through the sound that your character literally can't go in there. I'm thinking what you could use as a way to go through the game and be able to make it, make it through is that you can actually put on some glasses that like somewhat glasses. change the, mm. that change the color to something much more calming. Mm. That's interesting having to balance the ability to endure certain colors but seeing them correctly with seeing them off off color but being able to go into those spaces is interesting because then you have to re- like you almost have to know okay I'm putting on these color shifting glasses so anything that's red will now be green so I'm not going to hear super loud sounds I'm going to hear the sound of bacon frying uh when I see when I see green but that means it's actually red so I have to like keep that in mind as I go through this space to like yep. map that back and sort of keep those connections of the colors and the sounds in your mind 
mind to get that a clue. could be really to get a cool. clue effectively. Yeah, and you know, have it have it so there's a physical reason as to why your character doesn't want to go in there and is like, um, go into the room. Oh, it's like, yeah, no, you let I, them- I can't go into that room. Blah blah blah. You can't just you can't just have the player take their headphones off and still be able to go in. <laughs> uh, for sure. Maybe you've got like some sort of decibel, you know, in in a in a decibel meter or something or like anxiety meter around the sounds you're hearing or something. I like the idea that you actually can have um, sort of like almost cardboard tubes that you can put on that really narrow <laughs> your focus to to like a, <laughs> a smaller a smaller section put so you're, you're only seeing a little bit at a time. Because I'm really picturing this in VR. Like the idea of having mm. a ray shoot out from the center and it's basically, you know, a series of rays and hitting hitting different colors. That's what Well, either that or I'm, I, was, I was actually about to say like I like the idea of literally sampling the amount of each color on the pixels that you're looking at and having that affect the volume of different uh, different background sound effects so it really changes dynamically literally based on the pixels that you're looking at never uh, look you never want to look at like one of those color chart things because it's just yeah, static. Just be, yeah, well, no, but that'd be interesting. Like, because it wouldn't be too loud static necessarily because it's there, you know, it's a little bit of each of them effectively. Um, it's, it's only when one color really overwhelms your vision that, uh, that you have a problem. Uh, so yeah, I think that's actually, that'd be really cool from a technical point of view to play with and see how that now, works. It'd be is very it actually fun in gameplay perspective. Well, that's what proof of concepts are all about. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be really interested in trying that out. Uh, cool. Through to a click. Sorry that sometimes our games aren't funny, but we're also tech heads and like hobbyist game developers. So we like to think about how you'd actually do these <laughs> things sometimes. Uh, hopefully that's fun for you listeners too. Unbalanced knee. Brutal shed. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the shed where you keep all your weapons? Like you're some sort of- It's like, honey- I'm not. I'm not feeling too great. I'm, I might pop out to the shed. You go into the shed, and there's all these weapons, and there's like Fight Club in there, and yeah, it's just <laughs> this like super fucking obstacle course of attacking dummies and flipping around and doing brutal moves. I mean, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of like this. Ad- what were your words again? Unbalanced knee. Oh yeah, that works. Because like I was just kind of thinking of this as a bit of a just like physics based kind of um, almost a bit like trials the, those like BMX games or, or where basically you to have have these maybe randomly generated or like if you get a player generated just the it's like okay I'm going out to the shed and yeah your shed is this huge obstacle course of like spiked logs and weapons and it's it's basically do a run as fast as you can uh it's sort of an action-based game that's based around you know getting through these levels um, Mm -hmm. with these different moves and stuff so is it a small shed that you then like pull something and you end up going down into like an underground sort of yes something area Yes. Or you just don't explain it. It just looks like a tool shed from the outside. And then they, they walk in, your character walks in and it's just- And like, it's a fucking TARDIS and, you know, yeah, it's bigger it's on the inside. Huge space of, of, you just pan up and see all these like saw blades and, you know, turrets and things that are shooting at you. It, it's kind of like, um, Ninja Warrior, but for, yes. um, masochists. Yes. Sort <laughs> of. Like it's a very violent weapon based Ninja Warrior. Cause actually, yeah, I kind 
kind of like that idea of having different moves based on the weapons you might have. So if you've got like a two-handed battle axe, you can't be like swinging from monkey bars to jump over things. You have to you know, be more brute force and, and damaging things. But if you're holding just a short sword or if you've got something you can sheath or, or whatever, like you can do more acrobatic moves and, and kind of swing up or climb up things. And, and it'll really depend on the level being made and and your play style. Okay, I can sort of see this as sort of like a physics-based mm-hmm. Super Meat Boy in 3D. Kind with of, all, yeah. With all, the, with all the saws and shit and, and sort of doing thinking- a Ninja Warrior-esque sort of thing of having to, you know, keep grip strength and all this sort of stuff. But if you stay <laughs> yeah. on something for too long, then, you know, or if there's too much blood on, blood on the handles, then your grip strength is going to be a lot less. <laughs> I'm picturing something, you know, like I said- like trials where you just sort of go through that 3D space and when you die, you just ragdoll. It's just like ridiculous fun. And you just like start from the ice checkpoint or from the beginning instantly or whatever. Or um, have you seen there's a there's a game being developed? Um, I can't remember the guy who's doing it. It's a, But it's a gymnast, like a 3D physics-based gymnast game. Nope. Yeah, I was just sort of picturing those that sort of level of- Well, not exactly that sort of level because that's fairly deep control around tucking and rolling and different things. But yeah, that sort of style. Because, yeah, and I'm almost picturing, like, maybe a bit of a Mario Maker style thing where you can share your levels and, you know, you've got replays of your best run through a level, like, automatically records them. And yep. Because it's all about, you know, smart ways to get through these spaces. But it's also incredibly gory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm picturing you can do, like, f- like forward rolls and dives and stuff to, like, jump through a ring of fire, do a roll, attack the dummy before it, you know, swings its axe. You know, jump up before the the fucking f- f- burst of flame comes in. <laughs> the f- flamethrower. Um, I kind of like the idea that if your character doesn't die, then you know the sort of injuries that he gets uh, <laughs> you see on on the character in the yes. in the next run. But if your character or, actually dies, or just then like it sort on of the victory again. screen, like you can get through the victory screen, you just see them there with like a broken leg and a charred left side of their face. It's like. Well done. (laughs) You made it. Or at least your body did. (laughs) Still counts. (laughs) Three to one click. Addressed quiz. Crucial bracket. (laughs) So, my mind went immediately to either- So, the two influences that are coming in here are The Last Starfighter and Harry Potter, but for, like, a quiz show sort of style thing or, like, a quiz- Quizzing, where it's like you've been <laughs> summoned by the quiz master. It's like a who wants to be a millionaire sort of thing. And you get through it and then you, you get contacted by these alien beings that get, you know, yeah. take you out be, um, into take the- Take you out beyond the-, the galaxy and they're like, there's a civil war going on and the the, the, the riddlers, uh, <laughs> the quizzes have taken over and they will kill us all if we don't answer their questions. <laughs> And they're all multiple choice. <laughs> yeah, they're all multiple choice, but the odds are too low for us. There's five options each. We can't, we can't win. We can't have 20%, you know, 80% of our people die. <laughs> Plus, so we decided to get. Above. <laughs> and, <laughs> and all the questions seem to be really, really specific to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 50 years ago when you sent out that that satellite that uh, ship into space with earth artifacts there was a quiz book on board 
Now but they've taken it and perverted it into, like, <laughs> into a quizzes crossed with Sudoku, crossed with... <laughs> <laughs> they keep asking us, what was Elvis Presley's first album? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it, no, I don't know. Uh, Why'd you go with such a hard question? <laughs> we need to be able to answer this. <laughs> because I figured it was from, because I was trying to think of something from like 50 years ago when it would have been sent out or whatever. Uh, although I just realized 50 years ago was the 70s and now I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, click. I don't, I don't think we've got much more on that. No. <laughs> Pedestrian. Wow. Ingenious wiring. <laughs> okay. I straight away think of, like, electronic pedestrians. Well, or something to do with, like, the power lines and lights and stuff, like hooking up pedestrian lights and things or traffic lights in ways to let- Like, almost a lemming-style thing, but it's about hooking traffic lights up so that cars will stop and not kill all your pedestrians or something. Okay. So, it's it's a it's a puzzle game. The clock goes off. It's five o'clock. It's, it's, you know, works out. They all come out of the office building. And, yeah, they all, they're all heading one direction, maybe. maybe, And I think you can have things where it's like, okay, this direction, they're going to, like, split evenly along these paths or something. And so, you know generally where they're going to go. And then, yes, it's about, okay, I've got this amount of wire and different switches. And maybe it's, you know, setting things up like, okay, when a pedestrian walks over this, it like flicks a switch, which chains it, changes a circuit. So, that this other light goes on and having them be able to get through. Yeah. There's like the, the most efficient way to set that up. Um, While not backing traffic up forever. Because yeah, traffic still has to be able challenges. to make it home. Yeah. 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 So, you still have to be able to like- So, maybe it's, it's doing things like setting the timings on lights and, you know, they'll stop if the pedestrian light is set up properly and hooked up to 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 do a you know a red a red hand or whatever and i kind of like the idea then of putting in different things like convey like uh you know um travelators and different stuff (laughs) you can put those down where it's like okay i need to get need them to need to get them through this section faster to to really get the timing of this traffic right (laughs) (laughs) oh that's really good i think that's the whole game (laughs) yeah i think so three to one click that might be a record for the most complete, uh, you know, idea for a game in the shortest amount of time. Mm-hmm. All right, this one we'll spend a lot of time on. Floppy difference. Powerful wizard. What? You seriously got powerful wizard? Oh my powerful God, wizard. All right. Well, I could screenshot it if you want. No, to. no, I believe you. I believe you. Good. Um, <laughs> should we be yet another person to rip off J- Jacob Janurka's, uh floppy guns? But we no, just do it hell with no. flop- We just do it with floppy wands. No, we don't want to do that, obviously. Uh, that was a dick move of that of that guy. Powerful wizard floppy difference. Is this- uh, Is floppy like a three and a half inch floppy disc from the- Okay. 90s? Yep. Is this kind of like, you know, in the way that Hello from the Magic Tavern, there's, um, you know, Arnie's come through to yeah. this magical realm. Yeah. Um, basically, an old, like, 386 that- or 486, you know, who's, who's connected to dial-up, mm-hmm. um, has sort of come through the portal. And this regular old Joe found this computer and now has become this powerful wizard in this particular world. And he's only become a powerful wizard because he's got, like, knowledge of of technology, basically. Oh, I see. So, this has prompted a technological revolution in this magical land. Except he's he's kept it all for himself. That's oh, why he's okay. powerful. So, <laughs> he's got his- Okay, so he's become effectively a technical wizard- Technical 
well, yeah, yeah. a technical genius. And it's, it's that whole thing of advanced technology in the eyes of someone yeah. who- Yeah, 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 yeah. Who advanced doesn't know about is, it, it appears it, it, magical, so- Yes, yes. I, I like a, the idea of this powerful wizard is actually just a, a technologically advanced, you know, sort of 90s era technology. Is this a world where there are- is actual magic, or is this- a situation where it's just like a, a, a medieval style world and this medieval person style now- world that have n- um, never found like electricity or anything like that. Yeah. But then, like, okay, so there's no other, there's no actual wizards in this world. It's no. that this person has has become powerful through this. Okay, yeah, and has called himself, you know, the wizard. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of thing. yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, is that the villain? Then I almost feel like that's the villain. Yeah, that's the villain. Okay. Because this is- it feels like a little bit of a Wizard of Oz thing then. Yes. Um, where you're trying to reveal the man behind the curtain or the floppy, as it were, uh, behind the screen, behind the giant, heavy CRT screen that <laughs> <laughs> built. I just love the fact that, you know, he he lives in his- in his- um, in the same place, but he's mm-hmm. sort of built his castle around this- around this- Well, um, Matt, oh, maybe- This rift somewhat. Um, I, I like the idea of doing, of mixing up different technological eras. So I feel like this, it's not just a single rift. It's not just that this one, you know, 486 from, from 92 or whatever. Tony's probably off on that, but, uh, has come through. It's that at different times he's been able to reach into this rift or has been able to, or, or just at different times, different technologies has come through. And whether that is, is chronological based on our technology or not, but I like the idea of he's got this mishmash of nineties and then he's got like an, you know, an original iPod that he can blast music out of. Yep. And, you know, he's got, um, whatever, a, a Google Pixel 2 or something, you know, like there's different things that he's managed to, or just like a, a projector or something, you know, uh, yep. different pieces of technology that have, that have come through. Uh, and, and so while yes, he's been able to sort of take some of them apart and build different things out of them, for the most part, he's just limited to utilizing and learning to use it's just that he's learned to use these these pieces of technology from this other world. Yeah. And has kept it all to himself because I think that's totally the dick move that, oh, that absolutely. so many people do. Um, I know that we normally put these sort of characters as, as our villains, but I kind of like in this topsy-turvy world mm-hmm. that this young heroine is a dentist. <laughs> A medieval dentist, a medieval where it's mostly dentist, mostly around so she, just pliers and yeah, pliers and a mallet. Yeah. So the mallet to knock them out, and then the pliers just to rip the teeth out. Yeah, um, gotcha. So I'm thinking that her her main like series of attacks for for people, or <laughs> or her main defense is a mallet. <laughs> sure, sure, weapon of choice. Um, I mean, what sort of game are you picturing this as? Um, sort of point and click slash- Slash, like, RPG-ish almost? Slash RPG, Skill yeah. Skill tree, or, like, open world kind of- Yeah. Yeah. Learning open world your, Learning all your with- new mallet attacks. Yeah, but there's also, like, the inventory and dialogue puzzles, so- Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so everything, you know, just the ultimate game of all time. Yeah, I, I'm just- <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it away from, you know, the typical <laughs> RPG where- 
all you're doing is is moving from one is place to another. Quests and yeah, no, no, no. I think we we want to be a bit more focused than that. Um, does this tech wizard have like disciples that he's sort of given little pieces of technology to or something? Oh yeah, so, like- I, I'm picturing that some of the um some of the guards in town have like tasers and well, and like these I- sort of things. I was thinking that- like iPod nanos and. <laughs> like a, a digital camera. I'm going to steal your soul with this if you don't back off. Yeah, so I'm picturing that, you know, this this young dentist, um, she's she's really wanting to stop this wizard because her dentist office has been sort of taken over by, I don't know, may, maybe her dentist office was in the way of his new expansion. So, he's like- Yeah, well, I think maybe there's just an aspect of- like he's becoming a bit of a dictator, you know, using the fear of this technology to to sort of put the foot down on on the people of the area and and have them do his bidding. Mm-hmm. And so she's, you know, she's not afraid of a little blood. She's not afraid to knock a few teeth out. Yep. So she goes out there and and kind of tries to stop him. Yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of seeing that you know very early on. A la your uh, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past sort of thing where you come up against the evil guy very early on. Yeah. But then, like, more things open up afterwards. So, there's yeah, more yeah, stuff yeah. to actually- Yeah, so you have, like, a, a confrontation, basically. Yeah. Very early on to sort of set that relationship up. And I'm thinking what happens is he throws her through the rift. Oh, she gets a- does she- Wait, do you play some aspects in that other world or does she just- You play some glimpse? aspects in, in like the real in world. Our world. And by going through the rift, she's now got some sort of link that she can now sort of um, early uh, on sort of travel okay. between as she needs she's to. Gonna, so, she's going to be able to bring some of her own technology back. Yeah, so it sort of becomes- Oh, I like the idea that she only- she's through- when she goes through the rift, she can only be there for, like, 30 seconds or something. And it's like- it's almost a mini game to just, like, find the piece of tech that you need <laughs> to bring yep. back. And maybe you've got a few choices and that can affect, like, what you do next. Um, yeah, to, I, I to think what area. actually happens over time is um, one of the things I, I do love about a link to the past is that that originally when you go to the other to the other side, you can't really do anything there because you get turned into like a rabbit sort of thing, and you you're going oh. through the through the parallel world you until you find something else. Okay. Uh, I think it's like a pearl or or another yeah. thing you can't actually um, you can't actually really that. interact over there. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a really cool mechanic, and then it because uh, I, I I'm seeing this world as as literally a parallel dimension to ours. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, just the like- world is exactly the same on both sides. Like it looks exactly the same in uh, in the look like, of it. Well, but at least the the, like, the buildings the that are built up and the terrain uh, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, the buildings and everything are totally different because you know it's a built up city and and well, you could almost build on that idea of go through the rift. As like a power up in a sense where whenever you go through, there's the possibility you can grab something and bring it back. It's like, oh, I got a fucking semi-automatic pistol. Uh, <laughs> and so you can blast through for the, you know, 14 bullets that you had left in there or something. And then it's like, well, this is fucking useless now. So you throw it away because it's not like you're going to find more bullets. Uh, or it might be, you know, yeah, someone's phone and you can, you know, look, test like, I don't know, blow someone's mind with it because they've never seen it before or whatever. I don't know. Like different, 
whether it's puzzle based or or action based, I guess you can have different things. But I mean, you saying you saying that keeps on bring me back to the idea that um, that I had when I was a lot younger that. You know, a first-person shooter is is a point-and-click adventure. I point at someone's <laughs> head and I click, and they their head explodes. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's just a you know, there's only one one. And we're usage. going on a and we're going on an adventure. Use bullets on head. <laughs> um, okay, I'm, I'm I'm really loving this idea though. I I'm picturing that the final battle is she ends up going back to her her dentist's office. Okay, switching into the other world. Where it's another dentist's office, mm-hmm. but yeah, she gets the technology, office. and she yep. can sort of use, um, you know, I'm 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 picturing picking up the laughing gas and a, and a couple of other yeah, she's, other things. She's got like that- nitrous oxide grenades that she builds out of them. Uh, she's got a drill. <laughs> yeah, and and it's basically it's, it's one of those things of all along had you gone back. Oh, not that you could in the story, but, you yeah. know, when you finally realise, hang on, that's the best place to actually cross between worlds and a rift open up, opens up there. But I think the final thing in the game is the fact that you seal the rifts and um, obviously nothing can come through anymore. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, problem is you're, basically- you're closed on the other side. Oh, you're, you're trapped in the other dimension? Yeah. And so you have to get a job as a dentist there uh, and learn to not just knock people's teeth out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I kind of like this, this idea of, you know, had to sacrifice herself to, um, mm. to save the, I to don't save know. the world. I don't like the idea of normalizing dentists and giving them any sort of moral code. Like, we yeah, know they're know. all evil. I think, mm, I think we have to throw this one away. Like, dentists, just irredeemable. Um, no matter how much you kind of talk them up, make them the hero. Maybe in this other world, when she gets there, she realizes that she doesn't want to be a dentist anymore. Okay. Yeah. So, she, can so that bring she, it back in? I mean, I guess there's sort of a redemption arc there that we could- Hold <laughs> <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> I love this this thing that we've. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't listened to a lot of the episodes recently, back in back around episode one hundred, we t- we were talking a lot about evil dentists. It's an ongoing <laughs> thing. Uh, all right, I think we've we talked about it in, to- in about eighty episodes. Yeah, something like that. We bring it back, you know, one, yeah, once every fucking century of episodes. Um, you want to give me a prompt? For our final? Yeah. So, what we're going to do, Trevor has a game design kind of random generator um, design. It, it actually itself comes up with some aspects of game design. So, it's sort of putting we us We haven't given business. it a name yet. Ben, can you use your awesome brain to think of a name for this? Uh, does does the does the generator itself have a name? Idea Wait, who, generator. <laughs> idea generator. Who is, the, who is the guy that made it? Sebastian Lake. Uh... Is it like, should we call it a legism? <laughs> no, that's not good. Uh, I mean, it's just another type of prompt, right? It's just, yep. another, it's just another game idea. It's putting us out of business. Um, but we can elaborate on it. So, An open world stealth game where you play as a geometric shape with okay. a tendency to spontaneously combust. Uh-huh. He will stop at nothing to defeat a magical ghost with a tendency to faint at the sight of blood. That's interesting. All right. I like the idea of the open world stealth game. Yeah. Uh, firstly. So, let's throw out the rest. No, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll try to bring more of it in. But I do like the idea of an open world stealth game. Because uh, I kind of like that idea of uh, of just being able to, you know, choose a building that you, need, that you want to infiltrate. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you need 
either either a lot of handcrafted stuff or some sort of procedurally generated internal buildings. Um, okay. Open world stealth and geometric shape. I kind of like that in the fact that if you need to, um, like, disguise yourself as another shape, you have to, like, get a- get, like, a- a costume or maybe, sort of thing. Or maybe you're just a square and we do- and that's just- you're just smart. Like, you just don't do cool things. You're just a square. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we take that from. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of you being a cube that has to, like, turn into a sphere. Like, disguise yourself as a sphere to get through. Just, like, grind off all your corners somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, you could have some interesting puzzle stuff where, like, part of your infiltration is around, you know, shape-based stuff. You must have three or more sides to enter this area. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, you have to find disguises of a, of, of a sort where maybe you get ways to, like, add sides to yourself and become different geometric shapes. Uh, it's just hard to add personality to that. So, what was the- And then, who faints at the side of blood? A ghost. A ghost. Magical ghost. A magical ghost. So, the ghost of a wizard or, like, a witch or- <laughs> I'm looking for another one because I'm thinking that we need to find a different one. All right. It's oh, too much. Cut this one or- <laughs> In this game, if your character ever stops moving, mm-hmm. you start to shrink. Ooh. Is that all of it? I'm not going to bother with the, with the okay. rest of it. So, yes. It does tend to add some extraneous things that are hard to build on. Yes. Uh, okay. That's interesting. Is there a way to get bigger again is the question, I guess. Um, I think through a pickup, yes. Yeah, or through some sort of res- like something. Yeah, like picking something up. Yeah. So, is the challenge like getting small enough to, you know, make your way through an area, but then not getting so small that you just blink out of existence? Yeah, I, I think- I think it's sort of like one of those, um, you kind of like an Ant-Man sort of character mm-hmm. in that you, if you, if you ever stop moving, you start to shrink at a, at a rather fast pace. Yeah. So if you need to, if you need to shrink small enough to get inside a, um, like a vent or something like that, you stop moving a la your, um, super hot or something like that. And you start shrinking, shrinking, yep. shrinking, shrinking, and then you start moving again. And while yep. you're moving, you're nothing's actually happening. But the second that you stop, now I'm picturing that there's going to be like elevators and stuff like that where you're going to have to keep on moving inside the elevator or you're going to see the <laughs> elevator growing around you slash you going smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, and I actually, I like the idea then if it's sort of a somewhat action-based game that if you're being attacked or if you're in an area where you can't stand still for whatever reason, you know, then there's a challenge there of- of Okay, I need to shrink a little bit while I can. Okay. And I'm picturing, I'm picturing yes, it- Gets up to a pretty quick rate, but initially the shrinking doesn't happen super fast. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got a bit of a curve there of, of, of how fast you shrink based on how long you've been standing still. Now, now I'm just picturing, you know, sort of some scenes like in Grounded, which we played mm-hmm. the other day, um, that you're getting down to that sort of macro level of, of seeing bugs and stuff that are actually quite big, but then you've, you find a pickup and you grow big again. It's sort of like yeah. an Alice in Wonderland sort of like drink me and you drink it and you, you grow big. I do like that idea of having like, cause I'm picturing how do you do that well, but uh, you could probably come up with some sort of procedural generation where you can always generate that like mini level, that micro level, um, down to differing, differing sizes. 
Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, once you get down to kind of toddler level, you start having to you generate just more dust and things on the ground and stuff that you can pick up maybe. And then once you get even smaller than that, yeah, you start seeing bugs and water droplets and different things. I'm seeing it as a reverse Katamari Damacy. You know how yeah. you, you start out exactly. really big and you, you, you see only big things. And then as you get smaller, you start seeing some of the smaller things. Yeah, it's whereas- like you're fighting off mites and things. <laughs> I wonder if instead of a pickup, because it- Seems a bit yeah. contrived to, to have just these things around. Maybe it's like a recharge cycle of sorts where, yeah, you, you can, you can grow a certain amount as your charges come back. Oh, so when you're moving, you're basically building the charge yeah. and you can grow bigger again. But of course, um, that charge also affects how fast you, um, how fast you shrink. Yeah, potentially. All the shrinking just happens regardless. Yep. And so, it's just, okay, I need to keep moving until I can get another charge. And I don't think the charge brings you back to full size necessarily. So, you've maybe you've got to strategize a bit about, okay, I could- Or maybe your charge goes- Maybe your charge builds faster when you're smaller. Yeah, so, like so you, you can get back to full stay size. Stay smaller for longer and get, like, the three charges you need to get back to full size. But, you know, it's dangerous because you're fighting fucking spiders and shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, I uh, no, there's just something about that that if you built- you know, a a level around being big or small and having to actually stop moving to to get smaller, mm-hmm. choosing that opportune moment to actually stop moving because, you know, you've still got enemies that you're sort of fighting that's against. That's it. I think that's where the challenge comes in. And, and look, it would be some tricky level design, but if done well, I think that could be really cool. Yep. So, I think that does bring us to the end of tonight. Yeah, I think we will end it there. Tonight, so thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Check out all of our previous episodes. We are coming up on episode 200, which is bizarre and weird that we've been doing this for so long now. Mm-hmm. But uh, Very you know, weird. Send us some love, send us some reviews. Uh, listen to that episode 200 when it comes up and we'll see if we can do anything fun for it. Or maybe it'll just be a regular episode. Who knows? Yeah. We're also- or listen for it in two years time when we, when we finally come up with an idea. Yeah. We'll just put it off. Uh, we're also part of the 8-Bit Collective. The 8-Bit Collective. Ooh. Uh, and this is a group of podcasters around pop culture and video games and role playing and all sorts of things. There's a lot of great shows up there. So go to 8 Net and check them all out. For all your Australasian gaming podcast needs, look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I am Trevor Scott. Trevor, whenever I look at you, I hear flute music. What does that mean? I don't know, but you appear to be a dentist. Give me your teeth. Give me your teeth. Give me your teeth.